All right, welcome to old school. Jank Huger, Ben Mank was John Adderola <laughs> with you guys, otherwise known as Johnny Pie, Johnny Ty, Rock and Rolla, and the list goes on. So it is, in fact, the 11th anniversary for John Adderola on the TYD Network. What's it going Okay. Who, uh, <laughs> who, who, who makes the fuss out of their 11th anniversary? Apparently, John. John is <laughs> making us all. Yeah. John is making us do this. He's like, he put it in his contract. He's like, when I get to my 11th anniversary plus my 17th, I want a <laughs> giant fuss about it. Okay. No, I get, well, it was, it was multi part. I get the fuss and then I call it good and I'm out. I just want to commemorate um, the end of this, you know? Yeah, fair. Um, so I had a conversation today with my wife, telling her, you know, I was going to do this, and uh, you know, and and she was like, "Do you remember when I told you uh, that you had to give that guy more airtime, and he needed his like his own show, and that that you guys should put him on the air?" And you were arguing with me, <laughs> and I was like. <laughs> I don't believe any part of this conversation ever happened, mm-hmm. but she was really adamant. And maybe like before I'd seen you on the air, that happened. But she claims to have been a huge John Iderola advocate from the earliest possible moment. I, I appreciate that. I do think that if the first part of that story happened, the, the second part is definitely accurate. And I am sure that you had seen me before you said that about me, yes. Um, so. so- it's funny because Wendy will constantly go back to she like now almost 20 years ago. No, we weren't online until 2015. Anyway, so like 17 years ago or something, apparently Wendy told me at a dinner once, not apparently, I know she did, that, hey, you know what? Instead of putting out one big video, why don't you guys chop it up by segments and then put out multiple videos? And I was like, oh, sure, yeah, baby. I think that we might have already been planning to do that, or because I know that the actual origin story of us doing the many videos is from Jesus. Um, if Wendy hears this, she will be livid. But <laughs> but what she's been saying for those 17 years is, like, if I hadn't told you to chop up the videos, <laughs> none of this would have happened. <laughs> yeah, but she, but but I bet with Wendy, there's almost a wistfulness to it. If I hadn't told you to chop up this mm-hmm. videos, none of this would have happened. <laughs> How great would that have been? <laughs> you know? Why did I tell you? Why, Why did, did I, I tell you that? My mouth? Um, so uh, I have a couple questions though, uh, John. When you, were you hired to be on the air at the Turks? No, or no, no. I yeah. was hired. I mean, it was kind of loose. You know, it's TYT. I don't think they were even sure what they were hiring me for, but. It yeah, was basically we put Dave Rubin on the air. It's like standards are pretty low. Yeah, that's true. So I was hired to be like a producer and maybe do some field stuff for Anna for TYT University originally. Um, and then I showed up and Anna had between me getting hired and me actually getting to LA had decided that she wanted to eventually transition out of TYTU. So I was her co-host like the first or second week. Um, well, maybe it was in those early, early days um, that that because she was she was she was definitely sure, and she was like, I liked him, and then as soon as he was on the air, I liked him because because I felt like he was making really good points, and he wasn't yelling at me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who else at TYT would do that. Would yell? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, John is a little bit famous for not yelling at people. There's a lot of truth to that. 
Okay. There's probably a bit more yelling these days, the last two or three years, but originally, yes, I was more. Yeah, they, they, they've made it. They're making it very hard not to yell. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, I did an interview earlier today with a media reporter about how hard they make it not to yell, because she was saying like, don't go. You know, everybody's going to the manufactured outrage, and then then the other side, you the leftists. You know, retaliating, and then next thing you know, we're neck deep in it. But I'm like, how do you not retaliate? How do you not talk mm-hmm. about it? Right. So I mean, there's some things you could choose to ignore. Like the title of this video is "Which Candy Company Should the Left Attack?" Okay, because <laughs> apparently this is a thing that works. But that was optional. But but when they do bills attacking trans people in North Dakota, it, then it's less optional because then you got a civil rights issue and we have to fight back. And they know that, that's why they drag us into these fights mm-hmm. so that we never talk about how For, they're actually robbing people. That's uh, right. But or, it's or impossible to avoid. Yeah, or to me, the biggest, I mean, first of all, there are a lot of big things and I don't think the robbing people should be ignored. But, you know, I mean, they just, they've, Pulled off voter suppression and even made people like me a little like, oh, I don't want to sound crazy, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, uh, but yeah, and 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 we waste a lot of energy, understandably, talking about 140 anti-trans bills, yeah. and we should. They're un-American and they're awful and they're discriminatory, and and supporting them is outright bigotry. And then they're hiding behind Christianity, and as soon as you say anything, they're like, you're anti-Christian. I mean, it's a Giant scam, um, but it, what it really does is let them continue to rob people and and make it harder to vote. Yeah, I think yeah. It, I, I I don't know the entire content of the interview that you just had. It 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 felt and I guess you just get trained in left media. It felt like they were making this massive equivalence between the performative. The the constant performative outrage on both sides, and I do not accept that equivalence. Um, I'm sure you know Ben's a contrarian. I'm sure he can come up with some performative left outrage that we've engaged in. But like the right has every level of performative outrage. Like it's totally irrelevant stuff. Like the candy is obviously performative. Tucker Carlson does not actually care about that. Um, but even like the big thing, that like the big core things is performative. I don't think they really believe that Donald Trump had the election I, I, stolen, but they're performing there. The anti-vaccine stuff. Is all a big performative thing. The the difference between the right and the left is that we are free to actually talk about and be enraged about the things we truly care about, whereas they have to talk about anything other than the things they truly care about because those things will not mobilize voters. And I really wish reporters would acknowledge that that asymmetry. I stopped listening. Ben's a contrarian. I'm not a contrarian. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a little bit ironic. It no. is ironic, yeah. <laughs> um, you uh, no, I, I, but John, I think you're. I mean, in general, I think you're right. It's, there's no, there's you know, it's not. So I have a great equivalence question that I'm meaning to ask you guys. First of all, I've got to, I've got to understand that my, I have a lot of really smart friends, of which you know, you guys are two of them. Um, but when I list my closest friends, and you know, Jenk is always in the running for smartest one. But you know, I, I you know, whatever I. I'm just because I've worked with you for so long, like I see the areas that you're not my smartest friend more clearly than other people, <laughs> right? I mean, I think you still you still might win overall, but I know the parts you'd attack if I was going to try and disprove it, right? You know what I'm saying? And I, but I have like three or four. But the guy I sort of routinely refer to as my smartest friend, um, I, I can't do it anymore. He's not. 
because he's so far off on the things that John was talking about. He's a liberal, and I'm, you know, he's not as as you know left as any of the, of us. But he's he's a solid liberal, right? He would like people to have free health care, right? You know, he's in favor of that. Um, so he um, among every you know all. So he but he is so determined that things be equal. He can't get that out of his previous frame of reference for politics. So he asked, and Jack, you may have been on this thread. I don't know which text thread it was. Yeah. He asked, you were, you were. So his legitimate question is, would George Santos have been forced to resign or at least stripped of all power since you can't literally force someone to resign, right? But would George Santos have be stripped of all power if he were a Democrat or would they be doing the same thing the Republicans are? And my response was, wait, what are you insane? I mean, basically, there's not a every political party in the democratic world would throw him out, except one, <laughs> the American Republican Party, right? That's the only one. It's not a reasonable question to ask. And if you think that, you're missing the whole point of you've missed everything important that has happened in the last, or many of the important things that have happened in the last uh, 25 years. So that's a great point, and I have a lot of things to say off of it. But first, I'd like to talk about John's face. Mm. Um, because uh, when, <laughs> when you said uh, Jenk is among my smartest friends, I immediately looked at John on Skype, okay? And John's face was like, No, I did not. <laughs> I was I was shocked. Not that not that he would think that, but that he would admit that. I was shocked. I know I am aware of the fact that you are occasionally intelligent. I'm aware of this. <laughs> I'm not Some sure. Some might I'm recall aware. that I used to listen to the show before I worked here, probably in no small part because of that. <laughs> well, I well, you guys have been awfully kind. It's it's very unlike you. So thank you. I'll take it and run. Uh, but now back to the main point. Um, so look, what I talked to the reporter about is among many things, but I said, look, how do we, so we did $15 minimum wage fight. It had an actual measurable impact on Congress, right? Bernie Sanders was not gonna introduce the amendment for $15 minimum wage in the COVID relief bill. And then because of all the thousands of TYT viewers that signed the petition, etc., made videos, he felt pressure and he introduced it. And then we found out, as we suspected, that eight Democratic senators, including Biden's top allies, were um, were actually against $15 minimum wage and helped the Republicans kill it. And it got almost no coverage at all. Um, but what's interesting, and, and hence the point of the title of this video, is I think that if we attack Snickers bars and are like, you know what? There's nuts in the Snickers bars, and we think that's discriminatory against the left because the right is filled with nuts. And so we think Snickers is cheating on behalf of the right wing by saying there should be nuts in everything. Whatever it is, it doesn't make it as outlandish, not outlandish. Make it whatever you want. I don't and have almost anyone on the left say it that's in media. I don't think it gets any coverage at all. Yeah. So, um, so we're damned if we do, damned if we don't. We if we cover and and impact something really important, no coverage. If we do a goofy attack on Snickers bars, no coverage. If you, I mean, there's no winning with mainstream media. Uh, so, am I seeing this wrong, or 
No, they've just decided the right wing is awesome and their every breath should be covered. And every lunatic thing they do should be amplified to the, you know, to the hilt. And and whether legitimate or illegitimate, whatever the left does, f them. Never ever cover them. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I definitely don't think your reasoning is right. I think the end result is largely right, and I guess it matters. The distinction matters because if you're ever going to fix it, we got to know how to fix it in the in the right way. Um, but the end result is certainly true. I mean, they would know. First of all, they would know it wasn't serious, right? Which has a big impact on 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 whether it becomes a thing. The biggest issue, the biggest matters more than anything is, is Fox News and that name, Fox News, right? And and how it's covered and how it's carried and which cable networks carry it and and how it is treated. Still, you know, it took a bunch of hits in the last since Trump. Um, but they did a really effective job, I think, of distancing themselves from Trump at the right time. To you know, they're very they want what you say to be true. They want them, and so the fact that that the candy stories, which I don't even really, I didn't even really follow, but I know there was a crazy, insane M&M story, and I know that they pushed it. And the mere fact that it's on Fox and all the little foxes um, makes it seem like a real thing. And there is no equivalent of that on the left. There just isn't. Uh, even though cable is dying, you'd have to have a real left cable channel and as we all know, you know, there's a channel that has more left voices than the other channels, but it's not like a left cable channel. And they just won't do it. They won't do it. I'm curious what would happen if MSNBC did it, but everyone would know it was a joke. Everyone would know what they were trying to do. But yeah, Fox yeah. gives them this 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 mystique of legitimacy. However crazy that is because the people there are no more sane than Steven Crowder. Yeah, and and so, <clears throat> I, but you know what? I think you're right, Ben. That uh, and by the way, I was asking it as a question, not a declarative statement. So, you know, I I'm not positive of all the dynamics that has led yeah, to I that result. Yeah, we we all agree with the result. So, but you know, you point out something that I hadn't given a lot of thought to before, which is that, well, actually, you know, if you're an anchor on MSNBC for at least for a little while, you could drive news, right? So. If you did something as absurd as the right, you know, name a single right wing host, any of them, even the most benign thing they did is 10,000 times crazier than any MSNBC host. But I think that part of the problem now that I were thinking out loud about it is not that Joy Reid can't do something crazy, it's that even if she did do something crazy, everyone on the left would also say it's crazy. It should get no right. momentum at all. Whereas right. when Tucker Carlson says, I can't masturbate to the M&M candy anymore. Everyone on the right wing goes, yeah, that's outrageous. We all demand to do it. And why can't we masturbate to M&Ms like we used to? Now she's got the sneakers on instead of the dress shoes and we're all really mad. So maybe the ironic advantage they have is that their side is genuinely nuts. Yeah. Well. I think, yeah, by the way, okay, now I have to ask. That's, I mean, I got it. I, I, I sense there's some jank hyperbole in that, but their issue was the way the girl, the female M&Ms dressed? 100% Ben, it was she had dress shoes on before and she was sexy. Now they put sneakers on her and she looks androgynous and is not appealing anymore. 
And this yeah. is part of a left wing agenda to make sure that the right wing can't masturbate to children's candy. Yeah, just use your imagination. So I'm guessing that's the that's the that's the hyperbole part, right? The um, very the, last uh, part, but I, is it's it? the implication? I mean, how is it a real issue otherwise? So, so I mean, first of all, the the. the there, there was a female M&M, there were male M&Ms. Like I didn't really think of them as boys and girls, I'll be honest. Um, and I didn't know that she had high heels on or dress shoes or whatever. And now yeah. she's wearing sneakers, well. Yeah, and that, yeah he didn't and see so the shoes because he keeps his eyes up front. It's respect with Ben. Right, totally. He doesn't yeah. look down. Um, that's right, right. Eyes up here, pal. Yeah. Um, so what's the uh, well? So so and did Mars back off? Did I catch yeah, that today? today. Too? Yeah. yeah. Today they announced so they're going to put they're going to put her back in 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 in. No, uh, hold on. To, to be fair, Jenk is referencing an earlier chapter of this never-ending M no. uh, M&M saga. They also had an issue with the plus size M M&M, M, which was the exact same shape as all the others, and they didn't like that they had done an all-female M M&M M packaging. Where the women were upside down because they were flipping the script or something. There have been like three separate freakouts over various Eminem related concerns. But in the end, now when you look, pour the Eminem's out, hold on. Okay, so I just want to make sure we get it right. And I'm not sure. That's what I'm going to ask John. I thought what Tucker was saying was the obese Eminem for political correctness reasons. I thought that was just a peanut Eminem. That's why it looked larger. It looked exactly like all the other M&Ms to me. I have no idea where, I don't even know that they call it a plus size M&M. I think he was just calling it a plus yeah. size M&M. Yeah. But the M&Ms, so the plus size like in a in an ad, right? Or a, a commercial of some sort, they're not, I mean, the M&Ms when you pour them out, they're just M&Ms, right? I mean, they're- Yeah, yeah, they no, no, oh, okay, <laughs> Ben, I love yeah. that we're catching you up on this. Because Thank you. This, is, this is what America has devolved to. This is like the sheer absolute lunacy that we have do, or that our political landscape is devolved to. No, they're talking about the candy creatures, the little figures that are in like the print ads, and I think they've been in TV ads as well. They're in the movie uh, previews too sometimes. The okay, commercial before right, right, like right. AMC. Yeah, um, and so, and Ben, you're gonna be shocked at this, and. and because you don't know, and it actually might even affect you. Um, Mars company announced today, that's it, we're done with all the, the the characters, okay? And we're replacing them with someone that no one could argue with, the person who brings the whole country together, the Maya Rock. Rudolph. Maya Rudolph, really? Yeah, yeah, and, uh, and I thought there's no way that, Gonna bring the country together. First of all, she's black, uh, so <laughs> the right wing is going to invent something about poor Maya Rudolph just to continue the war path against M and M's because it's working for them. It's getting so yeah, it's getting hits, it's getting eyeballs, it's getting ratings. People like to talk about how they like to finish the the female M and M's. So this is this is this is hot. It's got legs, if you will. So, but I just want to point out that, of course, like I could take, I'm in a hotel, so I have a lot of candy around me, right? I could yeah. take this Kit Kat bar, right? Yeah. I'd open it up and eat it, but I, I ate one whole one last night, and it's like a double Kit Kat bar, so I can't That's open the other one. But I could eat this, uh, to be fair, I had half of it last night and half of it this morning for breakfast. <laughs> the, um, uh, but I could like eat 
one of these little eight strand uh, sticks of Kit Kat, and I could be like, this one's a girl, <laughs> right? <laughs> this one's trans, right? This one's a dude, <laughs> right? I mean, what? And I could do the same thing with Twix. Um, I mean, it works better with the Twix. It does it. I don't like yeah. Twix. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't like Twix. Oh, really? I like Twix. Twix yeah. is one of my favorites. By the well, way, if I had context, yeah, I mean, I'd eat, I'd eat a Twix if I needed candy, but it would be is pretty far down the list. I don't like Kit Kat either, really, but it's what they have here. Twix wouldn't be in the top 20, but Kit Kat would. For context, um, I, this is the wrapper that they got so mad about. You can see that the the hot females are upside down. These are the ones that were not sexy enough for Tucker to hey be man, able to make M&M it is, I got news for you, the M&M is round. There's no upside down. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a circle, it's just a circle, man. <laughs> uh, um, you can't. Uh, so. It is, that is, I mean, it is right, it is, it's crazy. And it caused a, a significant company to change direction. The good news is it's a, a work for Maya Rudolph, which yeah. is, who's lovely, yeah. Yeah, but I'm telling you, she should brace for impact. Yeah. They'll yeah. find something, they'll, they'll find something to be upset about. Who's uh, gonna be yeah, raining her on a scale anybody, of one to 10? Any, God forbid anybody asks her about uh, gender issues, I suspect, I don't know for sure, but I suspect the right won't be pleased with the response. Yeah, yeah just don't give them any ideas. Don't I was give, just trying to, many ideas. yeah, I was trying yeah. to stretch for why they're gonna criticize Maya Rudolph. Cuz the obvious one is because she's black, but they don't like to say that, right? They like to be like 11% off of that to make, to give plausible well, she's, deniability. She's like, She's been on Saturday Night Live. She lives in Los Angeles. She worked on Saturday Night Live. She's part of the coastal elite, right? You know, she was there. Funny. Kamala Harris. They're gonna she hate was there that. Kamala Harris. I'm sure she still will play Kamala Harris in the future. I would guess. You know, so yeah, there's a lot of you know. I'm I'm guessing she's a big Hollywood leftist. Who who knows? They're all Hollywood leftists, right? All out to, yeah, to bring her on. Sabotage the American way of life. Yeah, I'm sure that except uh, Rob Schneider. They should get Rob Schneider too to offset anything. Yeah. <laughs> no, but exactly. I was going to say the the only way they'd be satisfied is the new spokesperson for M and M's is John Voigt. That's Trying right. To get yeah. Corner the kids market with an 89 year old. Uh, <laughs> they could get Victoria Jackson. I think she's pretty kooky. She's been on Fox. Oh yeah, Victoria yeah, yeah. Jackson is pretty. She's not. She might be too kooky for that job. Maybe. But yeah, there's Rob Schneider and there's uh, and there's Victoria Jackson. There there may be others, but they did. Jim they did. Dennis Miller, Jim Brewer. That's right. Yeah, there's some. There's definitely. Uh, they're definitely. Uh, they're definitely others. That's true. That's true. They go with Ted Nugent, but God knows what he'd do to the M and M's. So I wouldn't recommend that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? what an insanely stupid conversation. Seriously? Show me the package. Can I see the package again, John? Just to see it. This entire again. time, as John's getting the package, this entire time I've been trying to think of, and since I came up with the idea like 15 minutes ago before the start of the show, I've been thinking of: Is there any M and M? I mean, is there any candy that we can? This is the plus size one, by the way, uh, right here, according to Tucker Carlson. Right, but there's no actual plus size M and M's. No, I wish there were. <laughs> sure, all right, all right. Cause you know, one of the things about M and M's that I don't like about M and M's is I feel gluttonous with M and M's, right? Cause I don't even, I can't even put two in my mouth, right? 
I'm like, if I'm gonna eat M&Ms, I'm gonna need to put 11 of them in my mouth. And no matter how small they are, you're like, oh, what is, you sicken me, you disgusting American, <laughs> you know? It's also one of the I foods that like you, the more you have simultaneously, the better it tastes for some reason. That's so right. you need oh, to pour course. like a full handful and it, it, it's twice yeah. as tasty when you overwhelm your senses with it. When you yeah. eat a bag of M&Ms in three bites, it's gross. <laughs> it's just gross, <laughs> but that's really the best way to do it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, look, I don't like chocolate M&Ms, but I like the peanut butter, uh, peanut M&Ms. But, um, but I'm the opposite. Um, I'm like too disciplined. It will take me two months to go through a bag of M&Ms. Yeah, you're very, you're very disciplined. I am not disciplined like that at all. M&Ms, when I want candy and I discover that we have M&Ms, I'm always a little bummed out because they are just good enough to eat but not good enough for me to be excited about. So that I would rather, <laughs> and in the end, I would rather there be no candy than M&Ms mm -hmm. because I will eat them. Whereas I think, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Well, I guess I proved it. I was gonna say I wouldn't eat a Twix, I mean a Kit Kat, but uh, there's a st strong evidence to the contrary. Better than Twix. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I, would, I think Kit Kat and Twix are above the threshold. I would eat yeah. them. Yeah. M&M, peanut M&Ms is above the threshold. Chocolate M&Ms are below the threshold. Um, Starburst below the threshold, bringing it up randomly because I just saw it on the counter because my kids had it. Apparently it's also below the threshold for them because they haven't eaten it and it's been sitting on that counter for about a month. Just, um, I just wanted to establish that I did in fact eat one of the Kit Kats. <laughs> um, the uh, Starburst, I, I enjoy a Starburst. Mm -hmm. I would rather have Starburst, I almost as would be excited at Starburst. Although so, I'm being I'm being a jerk because the M and M people were great to me. I actually did meet them once. Aha! By the way, mm -hmm, uh, I'm the mm -hmm. one who got them to dress to the with the non sexy shoes. That you you're the you know what Jake, you're you're the plus size M and M. That's the thing. Oh well, you know that's, <laughs> that's it. Look, that one I was just inspiration. It wasn't even my idea. <laughs> okay, um, so no, they were incredible to me. They sent uh, M and M's. Um, with the Steelers logo on it, because mm -hmm. um, that's my favorite team. And they had sent M&Ms with Joy and Pro's faces on it, but I think we ate those. Uh, yes, because they were there. That is really cool. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna have to talk to them because I I too watch a lot of sports these days, so I'm gonna have to get candy that reflects my new interests. Um, I, I have two maybe a no, variations nobody who on likes, candy. Nobody who likes sports. Says that sentence, but go on. Well, I'm relatively I new. Do. I'm gonna get the lingo Watch a down. Lot of sports these days. Oh wow! <laughs> I do. A really big fan. Um, yeah. <laughs> so the thing about Twix yeah. is that it's too boring. The chocolate isn't good enough tasting chocolate, and the caramel is too one. No, I think what it, what Twix needs is they should do a little bit of salt on top and make Twix the salted caramel candy. I <laughs> think that that would make it more interesting. Okay, you're onto yeah. something, but uh, but but off. Um, so number one, the caramel is like the scourge of candies. Since it, uh, my guess is since it holds things together, it's in like 90% of candies mm -hmm. and it's just not that good. It doesn't justify being in all of those candies just cuz it sticks to something. So when Twix did the dark chocolate cookie part and peanut butter instead of the caramel, that's to me that was gold. That that's yeah. that was way oh, yeah. better. Well, yeah, dark chocolate and peanut butter in a Twix. That's good. Is that, oh, I'm I'm on I'm on I'd be on board for that. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. 
the that's only a, dragon. That's a wholly different. That's a wholly different candy bar. Yeah, there apparently is. is a salted caramel Twix, by the way. They do make that. See, and it also, apparently it hasn't taken off. So your ideas suck. I, I'm, uh, I'm behind the times. Um, I, as a kid, when I would go to my grandparents' house and they had a bowl of M&Ms, we knew that that night was on. That was like the best thing that they could have. But I also think my favorite M&M probably is the peanut butter M&M. What do you mean that night was on? That makes it sound like your as grandparents a kid, were gonna do it. <laughs> no, well, I, yeah. I, I, I didn't go upstairs, so I don't know what they were doing. But I was eating those M&Ms, every single one of them. Um, I like the, the peanut butter M&Ms, but as much as I don't like corporate consolidation, I always felt that M&Ms should have bought out Reese's Pieces and that should have been the peanut butter M&M because it's better than peanut butter M&Ms. Well, I mean, but that's that's right, Reese's Pieces is great. Uh, and if I wasn't worried about my weight, there's no reason why I wouldn't constantly eat Reese's Pieces. <laughs> I, like I'd, I'd be like JR, you know, JR's like, oh, I'm losing weight, I, I don't like it. Like, right? Uh, most frustrating and, thing you could say. But yeah, he says it all the time. Like, oh, I'm losing body mass. I'm like, oh, where do I go to lose body mass? How do <laughs> how do I make that miracle happen? But anyway, if I was like Jr., I'd have nonstop Reese's pieces. They're delicious. There's no reason not to eat them unless he eats you know, candy all day long. His work, his desk is covered in candy constantly. Yeah, well, there you go. By the way, here's what we the really interesting thing we found out through this conversation that. Uh, John's grandparents were the original Tucker Carlson. They used M&Ms as a distraction so, <laughs> <laughs> so that people wouldn't know what the real issue that was right. going on upstairs. Right, it was on. It was I don't on. like the direction this is. <laughs> uh, so look at this, look at this Twitch marketing thing. So these are both, uh, this Twix is a Mars product, right? And uh, Kit Kat, it turns out, is a, is a Hershey's product. Um, and this one is called a king size, right? But this one, which is just a giant jerk move, this is called share size, right? We're in a hotel. Who who are you sharing it with? <laughs> like, I'm gonna go down. Oh Don't answer that question. I'm gonna go next door, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. Listen, I'm the guy. I'm the guy in 1408 right next door. I got this. I got a share size Twix. <laughs> <laughs> Want to come uh, watch uh, Tucker with me and uh, share a Twix? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, if it was intended as a pickup line, world's worst pickup line. Although it could work. It yeah. could work. I mean, it's so absurd that it could work. <laughs> um, all right. By the way, I'm I was supposed to do the promotion like a, like a, an hour ago. Uh, so since it's John's 11th uh, anniversary with TYT. Um, I thought we were gonna do like giveaways or something. It turns out it's not a giveaway. It's just, ta-da, you know it first. There's new merch, you see it on John, okay? Oh, you see it in the graphic, first of all. ShopTYT.com, ShopTYT.com, <laughs> there it is. Hoodies, t-shirts, women's shirts, etc. Women's shirts? Yeah. Those aren't sexy. I don't think <laughs> you should sell anything except sexy women's shirts. I don't wanna see a woman in a hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> shop TYT teddies coming yeah. soon. Why? Why does Shop TYT have so many hoodies? Do they want to cover up women's heads like a burka? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, John and I are also wearing the Dragon Squad shirts, the new ones. Yes. Okay, there it is. Boom, 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 boom. Okay. So, um, oh well, there I was. Oh, here I like it. It's simple. 
Yeah, like went back to the Washington nice. squad. Okay. Um, now, uh, you get a 0% discount. Go shop tyt.com. But they are <laughs> awesome. John, uh, because of you, I have like more shirts than I know what to do with. Uh, damage Report has broken the record. I have at least 12 Damage Report shirts. I have a two red dragons, I have a green dragon, I have a damage report, I have a dragon squad, I have a join the thunder, uh, and the list goes on and on. So yeah, congrats. I just got sick of people wearing like the mascots for sports teams. And so I'm gradually pushing them out with just a bunch of dragon nonsense. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, I, I, I've also been watching a lot of sports lately. <laughs> and <laughs> I have been. <laughs> what did you been okay. You don't say sports. Say what the sport is. Well, it, my interests in sport are so varied sports. that I can't just uh -oh. pin it down to one thing. It's uh -oh. the wide world of sports, my, which I my, just coined. Someone should use that. My interest um, in sport is. <laughs> no, I'm just hoping a, to anger Rick if he's watching. <laughs> no, no, there isn't a single sports fan in the world who's ever called it sport. <laughs> no, no, man. Yeah. Okay, well. I have been watching the Australian Open a little bit. You've been okay. watching what? Australian Open, a good bit. I used to play tennis. I was in traveling teams and stuff. Tennis was one of my sports. Um, so I was watching that. And my wife was a court reporter for the tennis channel. Um, so we've been watching that. Uh, we now have season tickets to the um, uh, the, the the women's uh, soccer team, the Angel City uh, Football Club. <laughs> we went to a bunch of games. We went to a Chargers game, and it was awesome. But those oh, tickets so are an actual sport there. Nice. Yeah, we got, you finally got to one. I did. <laughs> those tickets are way too expensive, though. I would love season tickets to football, but it's way too expensive. And that stadium is like something out of Star Trek, which is why I liked it. It's just so cool. Um, also, and this is where maybe Jank will be on my side, at least nostalgically, and Ben is definitely gonna make fun of me. But um, uh, I've been watching wrestling again a little bit. Cause I used to, my friend, my guy friend group back in high school and college was like, we would watch every single pay-per-view. So I've been getting into that because WrestleMania is coming to the SoFi Stadium in a couple months and I wanna go to that. Okay, that's so a sport, it's sports entertainment. Okay, Ben, look it up. So first of all, I didn't know that your wife was a, a reporter at the tennis channel. I love uh, how they call it a court reporter. Yeah, <laughs> she was. Oh, it's clever. That's so clever. funny. I hadn't yeah. even ever thought of that. Uh, but I now see the sport has brought you together. Well, that's yeah. literally why we met because she was at the tennis channel when GYT was at that same building. Right. Did you? Uh, yeah. So you know that like on the they used to do it on airplanes. They have. Uh, but you, like some bars still have it. They have you know trivia, right? You play sort of, the, and you can uh, and you can pick categories. And one of the categories, like you think you're picking sports, but then when it comes up, it says sport, and that's your <laughs> that's your clue that this is foreign, right? <laughs> these are these are Europeans, and they're not asking about the Chargers or the Yankees or the Knicks, right? You know, it's always like you know. Badminton. What, what was the first Tour de France? And you're like, I don't know. No one knows. No one cares, right? <laughs> so, yeah. so uh, I now also figured out why you went to the Chargers game, even though that's the only real sport that you mentioned. Uh, and it's because the stadium is called SoFi, and it reminds you of Sci-Fi. Mm. That might be it. But no, that have you have you guys been to SoFi? I actually yeah. haven't been in yet. Yeah. It's, I, have. I mean, everything about it is so overwhelming. Like I've been to 
giant stadium. I've been to some other. It's just so overwhelming. Sure. And that thing that they have, that like U-shaped thing at the top, is maybe the most impressive piece of tech I've ever seen in any context anywhere. It I've is just to the crazy. I've been to the Dallas Cowboys Stadium, which is like I don't know seven or eight years ahead of SoFi, or SoFi is ahead of it, but it came seven or eight years earlier, and it's an amazing thing. I mean, it's staggering that it exists. It uh, seems so impossible that we could do that. It does seem a little bit impossible. Um, yeah, I guess that's why I, I so don't care about tech that I went to SoFi. And my, I went with my son and he's like, wow, look at this thing, right? But he'd never been in a stadium. And I couldn't really tell it apart from other stadiums. I'm like, I get it. There's like that big thing in the middle. Uh, but like, so, I just don't care. So I, I just, you know, the whole mm. the whole point, what strikes me, and I don't know whether this is true. And I'll go to SoFi Stadium. My brother and I were gonna try and go to a, a, a Rams game this year, but it sort of became uninteresting. And I only wanna go if I don't, if it's not on Sunday, right? Because I don't want to miss all the other games, which is the problem <laughs> going to a, a football game. Um, uh, and I don't really like going to NFL games because you can't follow what's going on. The sport was built for television. Um, but the that you know when I'd go to RFK Stadium in Washington D.C., where the football team played there for forever until they moved to some pointless place in the middle of nowhere. Was you know, and even the the where the Wizards play, and before that the Bullets. There's just energy to these old arenas and these uh, and these stadiums that seems like it's not there because too many people are doing other things. It's just they're too big, you know. Uh, the Staples Center, whatever it's called now, Crypto.com. The first event they had there before they played in anything was was Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band on their reunion tour in like 1999 when the band got back together and. Springsteen opened the arena basically, and uh, I mean, I've read that he opened. I don't know whether there was any show before that, but he he was one of the first, if not the first, there. And he was like, "I'm never playing here again." He said it there. He's like, "We're gonna have fun tonight." He's like, "But there are too many luxury boxes," and that sort of strikes me as the problem with you know. And then he played in the old sports arena, which is gone right next to the Coliseum where USC played basketball for for 50 years. Um, and that place as a arena, I guess, for for having amenities, was horrible. As a place to watch a concert or watch a game with a packed house was fantastic. It was exciting and thrilling. And I, I sense these new places are devoid of that, but I don't really know. Yeah, um, well now we've stumbled onto two topics I have no interest in, tech and concerts. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ben. No, okay. sorry, yeah. John, right. John and I hijacked the show from Jack, yeah. <laughs> No, actually, we've talked a lot about concerts on Old School, mainly about how I don't care for them. Uh, but well, I, I mean, I only care for concerts of people that I'm passionate about. I mean, actually, that's yeah. true. I mean, I've been to I've been to some concerts of things I don't really care about, and then you sort of just I end up I'm kind of looking at my watch. So you know, hey uh, Ben, have you ever? So I, I'm not sure. Look, I know how much you love Bruce and a, and a bunch of other uh, singer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he knows you so well, <laughs> um, but um, do you ever dance at a concert? Because I'm not sure I've ever seen you dance. So yeah, that's I, the dichotomy I'm trying to figure out in my yeah, head. Like I, I have an overwhelming desire sometimes to jump. 
at a concert. Like, you know, you're like, you get into the, but this only for a few songs, but yeah, you're, I like, I mean, I, I now have facilitated it. So I like to be only on the floor for a Bruce concert. So you're standing the whole time. So sort of jumping and dancing is, but I don't really like dance, but I would. I mean, if everybody started dancing around me, I'd dance too. I'm actually not as bad a dancer as I should be. <laughs> My dancing would surprise you. And when I get confident enough, which is rare, but it's as I get older, I guess I care less. The whole key is you have to remember to move the top part of your body as much as possible. <laughs> like, like there's <laughs> a lot because in the old days, there's a lot of these sort of just moving your legs. You can't really, I'm not doing a good job showing that because I'm sitting down, but you need to get the shoulders. The shoulders have to do their work. It can't mm-hmm. just be the legs. Otherwise, uh, you, uh, uh, whatever. Otherwise, you look like a guy. You know, you look like that video of uh, you know it was like Bill Gates and Paul Allen. You know, have you guys seen that video of when they oh came? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like when they were announcing some new Microsoft product or something, and they all came out there and danced. And it's, I mean, I mean, it will make any any doofusy white guy who thinks he has no rhythm will watch that and think, well. I'm not that bad. Not that bad. <laughs> yeah. not, I am sexier than that. Yeah. I feel like your dance instructor was uh, an inflatable flailing arm waving tube man. <laughs> like you just got to make sure that your upper body is moving enough. Yeah, totally. I'm like like a guy like it's the, all yeah, right, still guy. down here. The, it's the, all the in the guys upper outside part. subway. No, but you, I use it, you have to move up here, otherwise uh, you're doomed. But I, there's not a lot of dancing. There's jumping though. I have, for certain songs, I I feel there are moments of jumping, and I'm sort of disappointed when other people aren't jumping. Okay. Um, I'm now thinking pay-per-view for the three of us dancing and people vote on who was the worst. <laughs> That's I'm I'm considering pay-per-view. We've got Ben as the odds on favorite to to win best answer because he's declared it. No, like, who's, I know the who's trick competed. now. No, no. Oh, I no, I just said I'm not going to lose. I'm not going to finish last. If we put 12 TYT men in a thing, I think I might I might finish seventh or eighth. Like I'll I'll okay. I'll be respectable. I won't I won't humiliate myself. Bradshaw Crew has a prediction. We all lose. <laughs> I think yeah, he's including the audience in that. Yeah. That's yeah, so, I think that's fair. Yeah. You know, it's funny. After the show today, Ben Gleben and and Ashwari and I were talking, and then somehow it came up that that. About me challenging Joe Rogan to a fight, right? And <laughs> and uh, and then I was thinking, uh, how is the like? How could I win, right? Because obviously he's way better trained, way better shape, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I'm bigger, but okay, but that's not going to help you much at all. Uh, so, and then I came up with an idea. Okay, I the, the only condition I attach to it is. I get to pick uh, the the type of battle we engage in, okay? Oh God! And then I decided Turkish oil wrestling. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> then and then we were joking around about how much would people want to watch that? And then we were talking about pay per view. And then it occurred to me if we actually did do it. That could be millions of dollars. <laughs> like, like <laughs> the internet 
is going to watch me versus Rogan in Turkish oil wrestling. There isn't anyone on the internet who wouldn't watch that. I think. <laughs> Let's get a poll going that. on Twitch. <laughs> What's uh, I think he would still crush you. I think in any, I mean, I think it's not fair. I mean, obviously, we'll, you know, we're not going to find out. But I mean, he's a, you know, he's like a trained ultimate fighter. He's too old for it. But I mean, I still think that he's going to win. Like he's a trained fighter, and you're not. Yeah, but right, has but he ever fought covered in oil? And <laughs> and it's and it's wrestling. It's Turkish oil wrestling. And I'm a wrestler. He's not a wrestler. Uh, I he I'm Turkish. He's not. When did you I'm more oily than when him. you were 17? You were more oily, right? You generate. So in addition to the oil you have on, that's you more generate recent. more oil, right? It's an unfair <laughs> advantage, right? That's right. Um, uh, I you're right, and that people would watch because I think we we we've done a video about it. Maybe it was a sports video, or maybe we just did it, Jenk. I don't know. I'm sure you've done it, but the 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 slap the slap the slapping contests. I don't know what they're called. Maybe. Oh my god. Yeah, right. oh, I hate those. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite <laughs> yeah. one. Just yeah, the, yeah. the evening up. Right. right. Well, I started watching them accidentally after watching something else on YouTube that I had to watch. And somehow that just came up. Um, oh, because I ended up watching a TMZ video to get somebody's re. It was George Santos. I watched George Santos because they actually sort of broke the story that he admitted to the dressing and drag. By saying, oh, you call it drag. I was just having fun, right? But it was at least an acknowledgement that, okay, after saying that it wasn't me, that in fact was him, right? Um, and then this slap thing comes up, and I couldn't couldn't stop watching. Could not stop watching with my nine-year-old daughter. And we thought it was the funniest thing we'd ever seen. And what's funny is the brain injury part, because that's what like people get hit and they try and get up and they fall down. And we're laughing, and it's awful. And I guess I would ban it, right? If given the power to to do what's best for the country, right? One of those liberals who thinks they know what's better for everybody. <laughs> but yeah, I think probably banning that's a good idea. But man, is it? Uh, it was so entertaining because one guy tried to get up, and then he just tipped over and fell on his head after being slapped in the face. Oh. But this, I can't get enough of this. I can't get enough of this. It's all now when I see anybody, all I want to do is. Hang on, hang on. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. Don't worry. Just stay there. I'm just gonna slap you as hard as I possibly can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So is uh, first of all, I hate it. And yes, of course, if you put it in front of me, I can't stop watching it. And right. uh, and I'm technically against uh, MMA, but if it's on a TV in a bar, what are you gonna do? Watch it. Yeah. Watch it, and I'm and I'm probably gonna bet on it. Right. When I've when I've been in a situation where I had to watch and. MMA fight, I, 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 that's what I do. I've been on it. Yeah, I, I vaguely would. recall on ESPN. I watched. I think it was like an hour long special. It was just the worst knockouts ever, and it was just one after the other of people being hit, and they're still in the air and they have no control over their body. And it was the one of one of the most entertaining hours of TV I've ever seen in my life. But every one of those, like you just think, like, why do we allow any of this to happen? Yeah, right. that guy is having a worse experience than I've ever had in my life. That's right, yeah. And they yeah. just they they have no ability to even cushion their fall. They're just dead in the air. That's right, that's right. That's always when you know it's trouble when the when the arms don't come out to 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 brace the fall. Yeah, it's hard, yeah. it's hideous, but you you can't. Stop. 
And I, and I tell you, the whole awesome. thing is a genius just because of this part. Here's what we're gonna do. You're gonna everybody has to measure three times. Okay. <laughs> last two things before I know. Last two things before the end of this episode. Then we got a whole nother one for members. Tyt.com/slash/join to become a member, or hit the join button below if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, uh, Rubber fingers wrote in the member section. Oh my god. Um, next time Ben loses a bet, he should have to wear a Dragon Squad shirt for a week. Mm, well, I'm a I, week. You're not. You're not gonna have to wait long. <laughs> <laughs> no, I assume they mean the a bet that we do on air, oh, all right. as opposed to the regular bets you lose of East Tennessee State versus West Missouri State, right? It's a rough weekend this weekend in sports for me. Very, yeah. rough, very rough. That would be hilarious if next time, like after the Super Bowl, the next time we see Ben, he's in a Dragon Squad t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> ben does not, but what I the reason part of the reason I read that is because I love how much the audience knows us. Like yeah. they like Ben, I'm not sure Ben's ever worn a shirt with a logo on it. Right? No, I, I wear I wear the as John says, I wear the I wear shirts with the sports teams logo. Yeah, sports teams. But outside of that, I you ever won a jersey, like to a to an event? No, I have two no. jerseys. I can't. I can't even wear them around the house. It's too yeah. embarrassing. I do. <laughs> I used to do it as a kid. Where's, I think. It, I think it's it? a little weird now. Where's it? Oh, it's the worst. Yeah. No girl. No girl wants to sleep with a man wearing a jersey who isn't on the team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's an old school rule. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. We got to go. But uh, Happy Warrior Dragon says, "Love the X Files poster." Uh, that's a reference to uh, "I Want to Believe" behind John. A great number of people wrote that in. Um, but uh, and then two thousand people are wishing you a happy anniversary, John. So Thank to you. all the people uh, wishing that, Biden flavor corn pop, Wolf Dragon Donna, Ian Boomer Dragon Cat. Uh, Naughtiest Maximus, and then 2,000 people on Twitch, etc. Thank you guys. It's wonderful of you. Get the new Dragon Squad shirts on shoptyt.com. Uh, for all the members, stick around. We got a lot more. I got a mystery uh, picture that I'm going to show these guys. I'm going to try to figure out what it is. Uh, and uh, the results of the sourdough poll is sourdough, in fact, sour? We have the answer. These incredibly important questions. <laughs> When we come back for the uh, uh, members only apps. Back on old school. I don't know why that's doing that. Oh, there we are. Okay. Jank, uh, you were John Adderola, uh, Ben Mankwitz, uh, and Bill Dickhouse. Uh, Bill just joined. Uh, so God bless. Got a new member there. Uh, and uh, Rude Ricky wrote it on Twitch. This has gone way off the rails from being a John's 11th anniversary old school. But I guess that's just how old school goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No one gives a shit about John's 11th anniversary. You yeah. just brought him on to, you know, uh, be on old school and fuck around. Who cares about anybody's 11th anniversary? <laughs> Again, this was not my idea. Look, I, he's I making us celebrate it. But other than that, this wasn't my idea. <laughs> Look, he's making us celebrate it, but we don't have to do it with vigor and fervor, okay? <laughs> okay, but I will say this. I'll say one thing about John's 11th anniversary, which is that I, when we started the company, 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 like Ben and I started a show first. We're just doing a radio show called The Young Turks, blah, blah, blah. 
And then of course, I'm an ambitious motherfucker. So I started to make it, try to make it bigger and bigger. And we did What the Flick, we did the interviews channel, etc. right? But when I thought of the company, I wanted the company to be filled with John Idarolis. Um, and so guys who are really talented and smart uh, that aren't part of whatever you want to call it, the elite, the establishment, uh, you know, standard talent pool where people get the robots that they get on TV, right? And whether it's on air or off air, um, I wanted guys who others didn't believe in, but were great. And it's only because they didn't have the opportunity, right? And so I think John's like a near perfect um, um, example of that on air and, and off air. Aaron Wysocki is the perfect example. He's the commander of the armies of the east. He's the head of the boiler room in Pittsburgh. And and here I'll go from schmaltzy to, to back to normal old school uh, uh, before Ben actually leaves the broadcast and then it's just <laughs> me and John. Um, so Ben, how cool is it that our we have an office in LA and our second office is in Pittsburgh? No, that's good. That's <laughs> definitely it's definitely good. It's definitely good. Um, I uh, yeah. I uh, first of all, if you didn't, I mean, if you're looking for an army of John Iderolas, and then you didn't think that John Iderola was the sort of standard bearer of that, it would be a pretty big insult, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. We're looking for a lot of John Iderolas. It's not quite. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Um, uh, the hair. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's funny because getting back to where we started the show, when I talked about my wife saying that she was advocating for John in the early days, and I remember advocating for John in the early days. I mean, I remember talking to John about sort of what I thought. You know, you know, I don't know if you remember this. Maybe I made it all up, but you know, we talked about like what you know. You were asking advice, like what you needed to do, what was sort of you know. And I, I just thought you were you know. I I I I hope I told you. I was like, this is this one worked out. Right, been a lot. You know, they're not everybody. You know, whatever you trial and error, and there was some errors, right? But John, you know, worked out, and he's managed to sort of, you know, elevate the elevate the shows, as you say, without sort of seeming like a talking head robot. And and of course, you know, I'm a believer in in actual, you know, training. And I, you know, when when asked what I do for a living, I can I can say the job that I have, but what I really think of myself of as a broadcaster. Um, you know, a communicator. That's the job, and I'm proud of that job. I like that job. That's Howard Stern's jobs, Walter Cronkite's job, David Letterman's job. Some really good Dan Patrick's, some really Keith Olbermann, some really good people who, who Glenn Brenner, these people who broadcasted in a different way. And that's what I try to do. I think John's a good broadcaster. I think he's a really good broadcaster. Without you know, again, seeming you know, you also know how to toss to break, and that's important too. Like you know, you. I mean, but in addition to to sort of being different and unique, you have to you 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 know, you still live in a world where you're gonna be like, all right, uh, we'll have more of that when we come back. Stay with us, right? You still have to be able to do that with some degree of confidence that tells the audience you know what you're doing. So, well, uh, I I do remember some of that, and I appreciate you you know putting me in the group you know with those names, none of which I uh, recognize. <laughs> um, but well, I threw Keith Olbermann in there for you. I thought you. Thank you. Him. I got him. Yeah, he was the the old guy, right? Anyway, he was on current. He was I think great, that was his high great, point. He was one of the great local sportscasters who ever lived. Keith Olbermann. I know. I actually, yeah. I used to really like his uh, his. What, what did he call his rants at the end of his show? His big prepared. 
final the, statement on countdown. Oh, the uh, yeah, the special uh, comment. Special comment. Special right? comment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I thought those were good. Actually, special I thought comment. those were really yeah. good. Yeah, no, that's um, what everybody's doing now on the internet too. Yeah, but that's true. A, yeah, but I, anyways, I specifically yeah. remember a piece of advice you gave though, which was no, when you tossed a break, look at the camera. However long you need to. Sometimes oh, oh, the oh, break yeah, takes a second. Right. Sometimes it takes eight seconds. Don't break eye contact. Right. No, the, don't don't right. Sort of when you when you. Uh, don't look away like you, you you can do something else you can look away but you can't sort of do this you know uh you know and we'll be right back after these words right and then the camera doesn't leave you can't go <laughs> like you can't, you can't you can't look to the control you can look down you can say we'll be right back after these messages but when you look down you can't look That's back it. up you got yeah you got to write and keep writing until they're gone. You can't, you can't give quick glances. You could totally talk to the person over here, and then, but whatever, mm -hmm. you know. Don't, uh, but it's okay <laughs> to hold it for a little bit. But obviously, at some point, you're gonna have to look down. Yeah, but this is the. So John Stewart had this great, great line about Anderson Cooper's segment, "Keep It Honest," mm -hmm. uh, where he said, "Shouldn't that kind of be the whole show?" Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> And then, uh, and then I remember people had a kerfuffle about it. Anyways, um, and I'm going to come back to John Stewart and saying, but that's what I always thought about Keith Oberman's special comment. I was like, that's really good, but shouldn't that be the whole show, right? Like, yeah. Like, why are we doing the non-special comments? <laughs> um, yeah, it was just a branding thing, you know. But the, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the the, the keeping them honest thing was good, you know, because that's funny because I thought that was a Jimmy Dore joke. Um, because he used to say it about Jake mm -hmm. Tapper, but I guess he, yeah, but I guess he stole it from John Stewart, who's a yeah. sellout hack, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Who is it? Who is it? So actually, you know what? Let me let me uh, talk real quick about uh, the couple ones that that didn't work out, right? Um, and so I feel bad saying this, even though we now hate him and he's said terrible things about us and blah blah blah, right? But. I'm still, I think, a good enough guy that I feel bad that I'm about to tell you what I'm gonna tell you. That when Dave Rubin was at the company, I never thought he was special. Um, like, I like John starts doing it, and I'm like, oh, this guy's good. He's smart. Okay, I like smart people. Okay, uh, and uh, on and on I can go. I mean, Rashad, Jesus Christ, Rashad Ritchie. I remember. Him coming on a couple of shows, and I was like, "Oh, this guy's a fucking powerhouse, right?" Um, with Dave, I was always like, "Eh, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like." I didn't. Uh, there's no revisionist history here. I, I liked him. I, I didn't as a person, right? We were friends. Um, yeah, sure. and, yeah, definitely. I was friends too. And if I thought he was like bad at the job, like like in the way that Ben describes where he's like, hey, welcome to the Ruben Report. <laughs> <laughs> and his eyes are just like moving in weird places and can't go. <laughs> I say, no, 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 we can't do that, right? But he was just benign enough. I mean, he was just a 5.0, right, out of 10, like just, and so, so and 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 everybody knew. I mean, it was a joke inside TYT that Dave wasn't funny, even though he called himself a comic. And that was before there was any hard feelings. And sorry, Dave, but yeah, we used to joke about that before you left. Okay, but uh, but so my point is, yeah, there's a difference. 
there's a difference, right? Like you can tell when someone's got something and they don't. So, and this is for the, now I feel, again, I feel bad even though he's burned us 2000 different ways, right? But, and this is one of the reasons I think Dave caught feelings in the first place as he was leaving is because we offered Dave Janet, his producer and eventual husband, uh, more money to stay because, but he doesn't know we needed producers and Dave Janet's a great producer, right? But but we didn't make a counter offer for Dave. And one, because we couldn't afford it, that was the main reason. But two, it wasn't anything special, right? Whereas like John, the minute you started doing it, man, I remember, I mean, one, you were good on air, good enough, right? You gotten, of course, better and better as you go. But like, but two, when I saw you over the weekends coming in and practicing on the prompter and stuff at Current TV, I was like, yeah, that's my dog. That's my guy right there, okay? So anyway, long way of saying, uh, I think you guys something a little special. So that's, that's pretty Thank cool. I agree. It's very hard not to comment on the Dave Rubin stuff, but I'm not going to. Yeah. Can I? All right. Yeah, sure. <laughs> really briefly. I don't believe that other people do. Yeah. That's true. I, I don't generally talk, like I never cover a Dave Rubin thing on my show. It's always I comment because Anna brings it up, or in this case, Jenk does. But the, the issue with him, and the reason why he bothers me is that it, his, the thing that was holding him back was he didn't care about any of this. Like he wanted to have people watch him. And he didn't really care what it was that he was kind of talking about to do it. Like he'll be a comedian if people will watch him. He'll host an LGBT focused show if people will watch him. He'll do an interview show if people will watch him. He'll do politics. I guess I'm a right winger now as long as someone will watch me. He used to be on the power panel. And I distinctly remember there was one time that he spoke with passion about something. And it was defending the Israeli bombing of a Palestinian hospital. And other than that, I never heard him talk authentically like this is real stuff that matters. That these are stakes that matter, that he feels invested in the potential future that we could be building. It was always just put something in the teleprompter and I'll read it and please give me money and, and applaud. Um, and he was never particularly smart, he didn't know the politics. That's why like even he's years and years into being a right winger now. He just does vapid questions to other right wingers because he doesn't know enough about it to speak about it on his own. He has to just tee up other people who are a little bit better at pretending that this is anything other than a grift. Um, yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's funny though, but but the the Israel uh, hospital bombing, the bombing of the Palestinian hospital, which he you know he was he was I I wasn't on that power panel, but I have no problem trouble believing that's what he said. He was very. He got pretty strident about Israel. That's the one thing that makes me think that some of his right wing stuff is real. That he was trying, that he didn't, certainly didn't believe the things he was saying here. He didn't know, he didn't have a real political ideology whatsoever. But he sort of found it in the right wing, and in Israel is what led him there, which at least would be a sign that his beliefs, however simplistic and silly and however much a grifter he is and that's impossible to argue with uh, that they're at least real like that is sort of where he in, ended up uh, politically but you know and 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 uh, you know because I, again you thought it was authentic and so probably probably was authentic because that was that wasn't that was I guess I am saying stuff now but that, that would have been the issue which there's always this sense of uh, that there was that there was nothing there and I'm not saying that he wasn't smart. 
I'm also not not saying that, um, but he, um, uh, but that there was no passion, there was no real belief, there was no point of view that was uh, that was interesting. Uh, but then he then he found it in that. I still would argue it's not interesting, but he did find it, and that's you know whatever. He's a, you know, I I, I still have him on because he was we were friends. I still see him sometimes in photos with other people, right? Other people I don't know, uh, and I think um, I hope those people are nice to you. I hope they're your friends. You know, I still I can't I can't quite get out of the way of thinking that I hope he has some happiness. Whenever I hear him speak, then I tend to lose that feeling. But I I still you know wish him the best in in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny you say that, Ben, because I'm almost angry at him for making us say bad things about him. Um, like, what would you put us in this situation for, right? Yeah. And so. Yeah, I, I'm not angry anymore. I was more, and I, I don't know how angry I was. I was more disappointed than than angry. Like it was, guys, I, I probably said this once or twice before, but it's a surreal thing having people lie about you so brazenly. Oh yeah, I'm sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he hasn't, and, you know, I don't have that with him, but I know he's said it about you, so yeah. Yeah, like when you see when I saw him on the uh, Joe Rogan uh, podcast, yeah. and and he was saying things that were just out of whole cloth, manufactured. And here's a guy, and not only is he making stuff up, I would argue that Jennifer Medina at the New York Times made up stuff about me, but at least she doesn't know me, right? And we didn't spend a lot of time together. When you know someone, and all of a sudden they're making up these crazy stories that never happened about you. It's just the weirdest feeling, right? Well, I don't know. Who, I don't know the person you're talking about, the New York Times reporter, but I'm going to guess that that her mistake—it was a woman. Yeah. Her, okay. That her mistake was getting stuff wrong and maybe not making the reasonable effort to get it right. Right, which is a bad thing for a reporter. But there probably wasn't an intentional. I'm going to get this wrong about this guy. But Dave stuff, yeah, I saw that. It was like, wow, that's just. I mean, it's just right. It's just. Fully fictional to suit the moment and suit his audience right there, which was really just the guy in front of him, right? To get the, the to win over the guy in front of him and that audience, I guess. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and mainly, I think the conclusion on Dave and last thing I'll say is he really just wanted to be famous, right? And he was trying to find a ve- some sort of vehicle to get famous. First, it was comedy, and that didn't work. Because he didn't have a passion for comedy either. It didn't look like, at least, you know, from his material. And then it was talk shows, and he didn't have a passion. No, and, and, that, and that big piece, that media piece, right? He didn't even really write a lot of new stuff, right? I mean, you sort of, you know, he would kind of, he sort of went back to the same thing, if I'm remembering correctly, in that piece, that there was not a lot of new material. He did not have that passion. He had it, I guess, a little early. But yeah, anyway, I think that's a good point. Yeah, and I'll say one last thing. Uh, okay, drink. Um, that about uh, the one thing that connects uh, Jimmy and Dave, uh, because they're not that similar, right? They're very different in a lot of ways. But the one thing that connects them and is the opposite of John is that they were both lazy. Um, and so Jimmy was passionate and wild and whatever he was, right? Um, but he wouldn't read the goddamn articles. And that's what we're talking about. And it doesn't take that much. Read three or four fucking articles. I didn't know that he wasn't reading them until way later on, right? 
and and Dave, he was he he was and is still now lazy, right? Whereas why is John hardworking? Because uh, he's his parents taught him better, maybe kind of probably, right? But mainly because he cared. It it makes a giant difference if you care, right? So what's your motivation? Is it to get famous? Is it to get rich, etc.? Or is it actually because you care about this stuff and you give a shit? You know, but all right, we've talked enough about John. Well, hold on, just want to say this. Just as a human thing, and I'm curious whether other people have this. I think I went to dinner. Me, Dave, and Jimmy. Twelve times. Maybe it was eight. Maybe it's thirteen. Right? Like we went out. And we and then they would complain about the Turks and I would calm them down. That's really how those conversations went, right? Because every time and they, you know, they were I mean, they those guys there they're accepting a conspiracy theories and they were accepting them then. They'd be like, I think they're doing this, and I'd be like, No, I guarantee you it's not that. It's just the Turks. I would always say, guys, it's duct tape. It's not a conspiracy to screw you over, right? It's always duct tape, right? And Jank isn't hoarding money. If he is, he's the worst money hoarder ever. When is he going to spend it? <laughs> you know, I still ask my wife to this day. Yeah, I mean, where's the goddamn money? Your biggest grift is that I think you take some of the t-shirts off the top. <laughs> right, you know, you know, I think I mean, he's wearing one right now. Yeah, he's got like 127 Turks t-shirts and he wears them. He didn't pay for them. What the F? <laughs> you know? uh, but I mean, that's that's all there is. I mean, God, if you are stealing money, if you're embezzling money, oh my God, you're the worst at this ever. You never go anywhere. You never buy anything. It's ridiculous. Yeah. By the way, unlike any right wing organization, we're professionally audited. By some of the top accountants in the country, I don't mean like John yeah, is a top accountant. No, I mean like you know professional accounting companies. Yeah, so and also there's a zero like, percent chance of that. Right, the people who said like your big sellout for taking that money, those guys looked after their money. <laughs> I mean, that's mm-hmm. you know that's that's what investors do, right? Uh, so anyway, it was always ridiculous, but it is weird to have gone to dinner with people. Eight to thirteen times, and not had the you know. I mean, I guess I've had some friends that have come in and out of my life. Um, but this was different, right? It feels like a, a a marriage ended. I don't mean that we were close like that, but I mean events caused a fissure rather than circumstances, right? And, yeah. And and it, it is it's sort of. You know, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, uh, I don't know. It's, it, it feels weird, and it feels uh, it's hard. I don't like it. I mean, it, it is part of the. It is for me a direct. I can point to it as on a personal level as one of the things that has happened over the last. How what are we going to call it? Since Trump declared, right? Since total madness took. There's been madness building for a long time, but since total madness took over in 2015, right? Since the escalator in 2015. Of all the sort of disintegrations that have happened, the 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 melting away of standards and and institutions, and the freeing of people to say and do anything without repercussions, and to feel no shame about the awful things that they think or believe um, or want. Um, that, but that's a real personal loss. It, it is a it feels acute, and it's not so much that I miss them, um, but it still feels like wow, I can't. That happened. That is a I have, you know, if you lost any friends over this, and my instinct is always to go, no. And I'm like, oh no, two. 
<laughs> right? You know, yeah. no, definitely two. Two people who were, you know, wanted Jimmy. It was a pretty big part of my life, and uh, you know, and 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 I'm much more obsessed with Dave's career now than Jimmy's. But uh, but I, uh, uh, but it feels it's a loss. It is it is a loss. I'm curious whether other people have uh, have had that over the last eight years of madness. Yeah. So, but that is so specific to a particular situation, right? Because. We're in the business where we're on air and they wanted to be more famous and I guess richer or whatever it was. And so again, to to Ben's point of like, you go to dinner with someone, I double dated with Jimmy, right? With our wives sure. um, and 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 I I was closer to Jimmy than I was to Dave. Um, and I- Yeah, so was I in terms of real conversations, yeah. Yeah, I would, yeah. I counted Jimmy as like Dave was a, Friend to acquaintance, right? Um, Jimmy was an actual friend, and so with Jimmy, I was more angry because I was like, "Who does that? Who? I mean, paid by Nancy Pelosi and the CIA? <laughs> Who says crazy shit like that about a guy you knew and liked and cared about? Who? Are you, so, are you denying that? both of those things, or just one? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, what am I gonna do? Okay, yeah. but by the way. They um, CNN is saying that they're going to uh, they're looking at uh, potentially uh, comedians for a primetime slot, and what they mean by that is we really really want John Stewart and we'll pretend to interview others, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but are we sure they're not going to give Dave Rubin an audition? Oh my God! Yes, and I'm sure. I'm sure they're not going to an audition. I don't know. No, I'm sure. I'm sure they can't. They can't. I mean, he is. There's a. There's a. That's it. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I, I, I'd be surprised. And, I mean, I would this, think. They, I mean, they'd be much more likely to try and, you know, lure Gutfeld away and claim that they're, you know, considering him just so they can seem to be, you know, fair. Bill Maher. Or Bill yeah, Maher. Yeah. No. No. They want famous. But Bill Maher's sure. already in the family. You know, already in them. And yeah. Yeah. No. No. They. There's. I, I'm not trying to say that they're going to give it to Ruben. Of course not. Right. But and they. They, if they could, they wouldn't audition anybody like that. They just uh, talk to John Stewart and Bill Maher and hope that one of them does it. If not, you know, Chelsea Handler. Well, they'll go through those usual suspects. It's a big slot. They're not going to give it to Dave uh, off the street, Ruben, right? Uh, but at the same time, are they more likely to interview uh, me or Dave Ruben or audition me or Dave Ruben? I mean, forget the comic part of it. Dave Rubin. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, Dave Rubin. Although I don't know that that's politically driven. I mean, your your style is not mainstream. You know, you've and you've. I mean, it could have been, and it was. You were on MSNBC, but you sort of, you know, sort of outwardly rejected that. Yeah. Yeah, but but it's also politics. I mean, our audience is approximately a thousand times bigger. But they wouldn't. They wouldn't consider us. Yeah, yeah. Although I mean, I mean, yes. But in their mind, John Stewart and you are close politically. They may be wrong about that, but that mean you know they. I think in their yeah. mind that that Stewart, you know, if they hire John Stewart, anybody, any if 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 a place like CNN hires John Stewart, there's going to be enormous pushback on the right. Or just, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. there's not going to be legitimate pushback. They'll use it to, you know, fuel their own. Ratings to talk about how this is it. Here's the proof they've just given a job to the to this crusading leftist John Stewart. Even though, yeah, I mean, I I don't even I don't I'm with you. I don't even know that he's a leftist. I I like him very much, but I mean, he's not a 
you know, he's a, I mean, he's a, he, he wants to call out people who don't tell the truth. You know, yeah. so yeah. I'm for that. You guys watch more CNN than me. Let's say that he was hired and he got to do a show and he got to do it relatively like he wanted. Do you think, again, I, I don't know how left I'd place him. I think that like now, like, you know, uh, last week tonight is probably far more leftist than the Daily Show actually was. But would he be the most left, like high profile speaker on the network? Yeah, definitely. Not even close, I think. I And part of the reason that I believe in Jon Stewart is because I think he's authentic. And if you're authentic, you're gonna, a guy like him is going to be anywhere from progressive to very progressive. So I, you know, we don't know, Ben's right, we don't, he, and, and by the way, that's the difference. And Ben's also right that my politics and Stewart's politics might be really, really similar. Right, so it's not politics in that sense. It's that he doesn't wear it on his sleeve as much. What's the one main issue that John's known for? Um, veterans, veterans. 9/11, first responders. Yeah, first responders on 9/11. Right, everybody knows him for that. And that, let's be honest, that's the most benign issue on planet Earth. That is right. Super, right. It's super, super important issue, but I mean, it's there are you can't reasonably be an opponent of it. Yeah. Yeah, although Republicans somehow, found a way. Yeah, somehow there are, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, right. Right, um, but I would love for Jon Stewart to be on CNN. And I think that there's some mm-hmm. chance he'd be the most progressive person in all of cable news. Right, um, some, right, no, in some ways, because if you're authentically going after powerful people doing wrong, it's very easy to be labeled progressive. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, if yeah. you try to sort of fix what's wrong in a broken system, you're not gonna, one day decide that the problem uh, are these trans kids ruining yeah. girls, uh, or that uh, the problem is that uh, we've bent over backwards to give too many rights to minority voters. Like that's not a that's not a thing a, a sane person deduces uh, uh, when confronted with with what's wrong in America. So let me I think say one last one last thing about that because um, I think that it's instructive for how they pick hosts, right? So they would want John Stewart because he's incredibly famous and and was very successful in the ratings for The Daily Show. And he appears to be safe. Although he you know pokes at people, but it's almost like court jester sound. Not that he's silly, but like an acceptable barb here and there, right? And you need that acceptable barb here and there, right? With Bill Maher, they would think, "Oh, come to Papa." They love the idea of Bill Maher. They'd probably be worried that he's too old. Even I don't know that what their relative age is, but Stewart feels like he still could be hotter, right? (laughs) And so I think that they would prefer Stewart. But on on just topics, I mean, just political positions, Bill Maher is perfect for them, right? Like. Economically conservative, like curmudgeon, supports all these right wing memes, but will is like truly left wing on a bunch of issues. So there appears to be balance, but in reality, Bill Maher loves the status quo. And so Mm -hmm. CNN would be like, yes, if they talked to him in an interview. If they talked to me in an interview, again, I'm not like they wouldn't consider that, but if they did, they'd think like, this guy's not right. There's something about this guy that's not right. Yeah, I can't speak to anybody's decision making, but you should take any mainstream news organization. It's funny because because 
uh, you know, Bill Maher is more right wing, just in the sense that he embraces more right wing ideas than John Stewart, because Bill Maher is just flat out wrong about some stuff. He's also a very talented broadcaster, and he's still right and funny about. Many things also, right? But he gets a lot of attention for the things that he's wrong about. Um, but John Stewart is is way more likable, infinitely yeah. more likable, and that, mm-hmm. that and that would be, a, uh, I think, almost a bigger factor for any mainstream organization having to choose them. Like, forget the seeming political balance, right? Is that you know. Uh, Stewart's more likable, but they're and Stewart oddly, despite the fact that that Bill Maher's politics might be superficially more balanced than Stewart's, even though I don't like saying that John Stewart's politics are not balanced in a right way. John, he would, you know, if, I'm a hundred, I'm very confident that if Democrats were in the current era as corrupt as Republicans are, that he would go after that. Right? He's not. Um, so, uh, but. Bill Maher seems like more of an outsider and more of a rebel, right? That's an image he's cultivated by. I mean, all these things are inconsistent. Whereas John Stewart, even though he is much more effective at this and is legitimately trying to sort of make things better, talk about issues that that truly matter. And again, I'm trying not to use the phrase "speaking truth to power" because it's been co-opted, right? But he is much more establishment. John Stewart is actually closer, was more palatable to the establishment than Bill Maher, who ruffles feathers and seems like a renegade. Yeah, yeah. but the flip side to that is, and the reason why I brought myself up is, is because to give you a sense of how they make decisions, it's obviously not about me. The, I they I think that you're right about what you said, Ben, but but Bill Maher does a great faux outsider, right? Sure, and mm-hmm. so. And that's perfect. Like, like the the veneer of outsider, the trappings of outsider, but not actually outsider, right? Whereas I scream outsider, and so <laughs> like they would instinctually be like, no, this is not the guy. And then when you have a system like that, it's going to produce nonstop insiders that are on mm-hmm. it. And that's why you get CNN, MSNBC, as you currently see them. I wonder in the in the current climate if this. Sorry, John, go ahead. I've talked to you. No, it's okay. Uh, I, the thing that's so frustrating about him is that he, for some reason, still has the veneer of being an outsider, even though, like you, you have your politics, and then you have what you use your platform for, and those things don't necessarily have to be that tightly linked. He might have positions on some issues. I, at least in the, my experience watching his show, he doesn't talk about that stuff. He is far he's far less bothered by the excesses of you know late stage capitalism than he is Gen Z. Like he is so bothered by the Twitter version of what young progressives are like that that's what he focuses on. And he, similar to some of the other grifters that we've talked about, uses whatever lingering cred he has on the left to almost exclusively attack things that are left of center. That's what he actually puts his time into. Um, on John Stewart. I think it's an interesting debate as to what his politics would be, how much he'd allowed he'd be allowed to actually advocate for. But I think that one of the things that would differentiate him, maybe even as much from other people on CNN, is his very aggressive stance against right wing media. I don't remember what the name of the there was a woman brought there was a a woman who she was attacked by Tucker Carlson a couple of months ago for referring to him as a white supremacist or talking about white supremacy. 
And I remember the, I don't know if it was CNN or MSNBC, but they like totally threw her to the, like under the bus after Tucker Carlson made a big deal about her. I feel like Jon Stewart, that was one of the big things that really made him stand out 15 years ago was that he aggressively responded to right wing nonsense. I feel like he would be attacking Tucker Carlson on a regular basis. And I feel like generally CNN is much more comfortable attacking like Donald Trump, maybe Marjorie Green, but not necessarily going toe to toe with right wing personalities. And I feel like John Stewart would do that. First thing, first is a totally valid point, I think, in general about sort of mainstream media, right? And again, I'm leaving CNN out of it, but in mainstream media. And what you just said is true is that there's a sense that we can't attack Tucker Carlson. That's our competitor. That's another news organization. There's still, despite the good work that was that has been done on TYT and and on The Daily Show to to identify the madness that has that has penetrated into mainstream media. It's definitely penetrated the thought that 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 that, that is a right wing news network, right? But still, it is a news network, right? And I believe you're correct that there is a hesitancy to go after them because hey, we're all in the same club, right? We're all trying to get ratings and we're competing for the same kind of viewers. And you know, I I don't I don't know, but but Fox and that is what gives Fox, this sort of, and the right in general, this sort of, when a guy like Tucker Carlson, who is on Fox News and is wearing a suit and tie and has Anchorman hair, right, and 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 a, a chroma key over the shoulder graphic, and he's sitting at a desk, it still looks like a news show. It still looks yeah. like a news show, and it still communicates that. So, but <clears throat> last thing I want to say about Mar and Stewart is because. I think John, all your points are indisputably correct and well said and well put together. But it's like a presidential campaign, like for all these things, right? These are about who's going to be more, who's going to be a better host, who'd be a better fit. I mean, we're making up that this is a competition between these two guys for one job at some theoretical network, right? But the, you know, it is not about who's better on the issues. It just, it isn't. I mean, it probably should be, right? And it is. You know, and sometimes that breaks a tie, right? But it's who gives people confidence, who's credible, who's believable, who's likable. I mean, there are a lot of reasons why Joe Biden won, right? The strength of the field, Jim Clyburn, the way the primaries were laid out, da 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 da. In the end, what his past said and how he would lead and where he stood on a $15 minimum wage or labor unions or anything that mattered was far less important to how he made you feel. Make you feel safe, he's likable, he's had a lot of tragedy in his life and he speaks about it in a manner that's appealing, right? His mistakes seem, ah, Joe. Right, all of those things made people comfortable with him or comfortable enough with him, right? And that mattered more. So the Bill Maher makes you uncomfortable, yeah. right? In general, I'm thinking as a TV executive, one guy makes you uncomfortable, one guy does not make you uncomfortable. Let's go with the guy who does not make you uncomfortable. That's generally how, to me, that would unquestionably shake out. All right, now my super last comment on this is not about Maher. Uh, or or Stewart, but about again back to the system and how they choose people and how they react, etc. So um, I had given this interview to Alternate when I first went to MSNBC, and that's where I uh, took on Fox News, and that's when they called me into the into the head of PR's office and 
and admonished me. And they said, don't, don't attack Fox News, right? And uh, and I was trying to remember what the title was because it really spooked them, right? Again, it gives you an insight into how cable news operates. So I was, I remembered it being something like I'm gonna rip their face off or something, right? <laughs> and so I just Googled it. You guys probably saw me typing something, right? And I Googled it and I found it. MSNBC's Jank Uger, I plan to beat Fox News in the ratings and make them fear me. And they called you into the they called you into the office for that. Yeah. 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 And they're like, don't, don't. them in the ratings. That's not that they're supposed to win. Yeah. What year, what year, what year did you do that? This article's February 2011, so that was 2011 that I'd gotten the full time position. I was there 2010, yeah, filling in for folks. 2011 got the full time position. 2011, wow. I think, was the TYT's greatest year. Um, <laughs> I just think that's when everybody was happiest, and <laughs> uh, we, had the, we had the right uh, right blend of people, the right mix. It's a warm and welcoming <laughs> place. I look back on 2011 very fondly. Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, now that we got that in, um, so uh, that's I, I, I mean that's a great thing that you've pointed out, Jack. A great, you know, I mean, there's nothing. I mean, they should have cheered that, of course, and I think today they would. Or would they be way more likely to? I, I don't. I don't know that there's a been a big sea change in attitude. I'm not saying that they're the end all be all, but but the idea that. People at, at MSNBC could make Fox fear them and take them on in an aggressive manner. Yeah, they can't possibly, if they object to that now, that's insane. It was insane then, it would be more insane now. Yeah, all right, so we're about to run out of time. So obviously I've got to give you the results of the sourdough poll. Uh, we can't leave uh, everybody hanging over that. Uh, so we asked the question. Did John, we got John thought, John, if we have a thought from John, I was, I, I voiced my opinion on the last show. Is sourdough sour? Yes. Uh-huh. Just I yes or no? It's mild, very mildly sour. That's really it's as mildly out. sour as something could be. But yes, I would put it on that part of the spectrum. John and I, John and I came down exactly the same way. It's yeah. delicious. I love it. But yes, of delicious. course, it's a little bit sour. Yeah, just a just well, a right amount. Yeah. Ben, we do have you on tape saying that it's not sour. No, no, I said it is sour. I voted yes for sour, no question. You did? Yeah, I voted yes. I argued with Mark Thompson. I was said I love it. I like it. Oh, oh, yes. Mark was the one saying that it's not sour. Mark said it's not sour. Yes. Oh, my bad, my bad, Ben. Okay. God uh, damn it, Jake. Come on, man. <laughs> um, well, the results are in. Uh, the people have spoken. Fifty-four point seven nine say yes. It is in fact sour. say no, it is not sour. And that's a perfect poll because it is 54% sour. I mean, that is exactly, (laughs) that's the most sour it is. That's perfect. (laughs) Okay, well, we didn't get to the surprise picture. We'll have to save that for a different show. I know you guys are all all, uh, bummed about it and we are out of time. But I am gonna read these four last comments uh, since it's uh, John's 11th anniversary show apparently. Octo Squiddies wrote John in. John got here in 2012. Huh, that's interesting. Weird that you yeah, just weird. now made just that connection. Just to me after that observation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Octo Squiddies writes in. Everyone needs a John Iderola in their lives. That's why the left is pro-human cloning. 
Interesting, I didn't know we were pro human cloning, <laughs> mm -hmm. so that, that was the reason behind it. Uh, Pagan Dragon 41567 uh, says, John is the reason I started listening to TYT and found my home. Well, that's lovely. Uh, Ravenstar Dragon says, Danny Dragon is a sexy geek with a golden heart. Mm. He uses references that I get. It's wonderful having someone who can speak the same geek language, but seems so humble. Well, which I'm amused by that comment because why are there giant cocky geeks out there? Yes, oh, I think there are cocky geeks. Oh, oh, oh yeah. wow, all three of you, including Astro, were like, oh, God. oh no, they're cocky geeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, well, I'm, then I guess I'm glad I didn't run into any of those cocky geeks. Like, oh, you don't know Warp's home planet. <laughs> so like that. I just, I want to. I feel really good. I know we're out of time, so we're gonna go. And I just want to say, I'm gonna leave this show feeling good because. I was told last show why this dragon squad exists and why everyone has a dragon name, but I forgot because it was stupid and I don't care. But I was tempted to ask again and I didn't and I'm proud of myself. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but good, you did good. decide to bring it up. <laughs> yeah, but that's perfect because the last comment I was gonna read is Atomic Elbow writing in. I feel uncomfortable with Ben being so complimentary. I'm waiting for the football to be yanked away. Oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll leave it on that note. Much love, guys. John, happy God, anniversary. Goddamn pleasure. Thank you. Good to do a show with you. We should do it more often. Yes, we should. Great. All right, see you next Thanks, time. Thanks, Asher. Good night.